this is Kid Mehta from the Sparking Entrepreneur Show, and today we have Elizabeth Hermas with us. Elizabeth is an associate certified coach, intercultural consultant, coach, and trainer. She's a global leadership coach and expert partnership support. If you are an expert or global leader managing across cultures, Elizabeth can help you thrive. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Kiran. Yeah, one thing that I didn't mention because you guys are listening to this. But you don't know how beautiful she is. Yeah, <laughs> it practically made my day. Let's begin with your journey. Tell us about you being an expat, right? You now live in states, yes. lived in many cities and countries. So tell us about your journey and what made you coach. Yeah, I am indeed an expat myself. I was born and raised in Belgium, and 13 years ago, yeah. I decided to move abroad to Vienna, Austria, and I spent three years there and then eight years in Paris and less than two years ago, I arrived in New York. So that's a little bit about my little journey across cultures. And it also explains the question of how did you end up being a coach? It has everything to do with that journey, which was not always easy, which was fun and difficult at the same time, especially the first time in Vienna. I struggled a lot with my career. After having moved, I had moved there for my partner, who was back then my boyfriend. Today, we're married and we have a beautiful daughter. But yeah, like being an expat partner is not easy. And you would not expect being a European in Europe, you would not expect it to be to be that hard, but it was that hard. And then eventually during our second relocation, I was offered coaching specifically for partners of expats. And that really helped me to get my career going in France. And then, yeah, at a certain point, I was laid off from my, from my teaching job in business schools, which I really loved. And it was time for me to think long and hard about how I wanted to continue my career because I was still the partner of an expat. And I knew that we would not be staying in Paris. So I wanted something that would allow me to give me that, that stability professionally and a job that I could take with me wherever we went, make me less dependent on my partner and I did some soul searching and I thought, hey, with all the experience that I have, why don't I try to become an expat coach? Got it. And tell us about the people that you deal with. What are they? Yeah. Do they want to overcome what do you think? Yeah. So first of all, like it's not that simple to become an expat coach. And my whole definition of what I thought I was going to be as a coach is not necessarily a hundred percent who I am as a coach today. There's like a long journey of training and certification and more training and practice, of course. So today my clients are, a lot of them are expats uh, who are being transferred from one country to another and who have to integrate in, in a new team, in a new country where sometimes they speak a shared language. Language is not the only issue that they have. That's also not the issue that I help them with. I help them to, to, to work across the cultures and to leverage the cultural differences because your cultural differences don't have to be problems. They can actually, they can actually be great and lead to better results. That's the whole beauty of having expats or immigrants or any kind of diversity in a team. So a lot of my clients are expats. Some of my clients have leadership positions in their home country, but they might lead teams across the globe or they might have a team also in their home country that is culturally very diverse. Got it. Got it. As you mentioned, that language could not be the biggest barrier. So what are some of the biggest barriers that they face and how do you help them resolve? 
Yeah. So first of all, language can be a huge barrier. Yeah. If you really don't speak a language and you can't communicate, that is a huge barrier. That's not the one that I help people with, but it's a common misconception that if you work with people from a different culture, but you speak a shared language or you are fluent in their language, a lot of people think, hey, this is going to be easy. We can, I can sell my product to them or I can work with them or yeah. But other than so like linguistic differences, there's different communication styles. There's different value systems in place. So these are the real issues. And it's hard for people if you're not trained, if you're not aware of where the differences are to be expected. Uh, it can be very hard. It's a bewildering experience to feel like something is off. Something is weird in the relationship, but I don't know what it is. Um, got it. Tell us about the client experience, like some transformation that you can tell us about what any recent incident or something that can help and get an insight. Yeah. So what happens a lot when I coach clients in intercultural coaching, like lately I had a very interesting client. I was not coaching her for professional reasons. So she really came to me for more personal goals that she was working on and she had very low self-esteem. She was very overwhelmed, very stressed. She was in a relationship with someone from a different culture uh, who was living in her country. And uh, yeah, what I found really beautiful during the last session, she shared with me that before she started coaching with me, she felt like she was less than her partner because she was different. And that now she understood that she was different, but she was as good as. So that was a remarkable moment that she shared with me. And it's beautiful to see her clients. Session one and two, like their stress, their self-esteem, their energy are very low. And then second session, the third session, it's like you have a different person in front of me. And that's really beautiful. How long before they, like how long is it to work with you? Or is it three months, six months? Or what is the time frame of getting close to it? Yeah, that's a good question. Very often coaches will sell coaching packages, they will say, okay, let's do eight sessions at least because it's a journey, right? It takes time. Then again, like everybody has their own pace. What I can say is that usually after the third, the fourth session, people are starting to integrate the insights that they've had during sessions and they're starting to apply that to their own lives and their surroundings are starting to also respond to those cheats. And that's just kind of like a phase where it might be a little bit difficult for them. So usually I say, let's start with eight sessions. I've had clients who stop after eight sessions because they feel like they're ready to continue the journey on their own. But I also have clients who work with me on a regular basis for a very long time. Got it. Yep. Got it. Tell me about a question that you would ask yourself. So what would be that one question I haven't asked to answer? So what would that question be? I think the question would be on... The misconceptions about coaching. Okay. So I think that's an important one to clear out. I feel like coaching has gotten a bad reputation and people, oh, there's a lot of people out there when they see the word coach, they're like, yeah, whatever. I, I want to, I'm going to stop reading there because there's a lot of people who call themselves a coach, but who are not a certified coach. And there's often a very big difference between that. So yeah, I find, I find certification very important. You have the International Coaching Federation who are working really hard to professionalize 
our our profession as coaches around the world. More and more countries are, yeah, our profession is becoming regulated in many countries around the world. It's, it's kind of like a quality label. And for people who are looking for a coach, I would say, ask about your coach's certifications. It's there, There's a whole code of ethics that comes with that as well. On top of all the skills, et cetera, there's a code of ethics that I find really important. Yeah. It's about integrity. It's about confidentiality. It's about knowing when to refer clients to see maybe a therapist because we're not therapists. And yeah, if we're going to talk about what a coach is not, we're also not, we're not mentors. We are not trainers. We are not consultants. We don't give advice. We ask questions to help people. We believe that people have all the answers somewhere inside of them. And by asking powerful questions, we can help you resurface the things that somewhere deeply you, you have inside of you. Yeah. That we distinguish in my work, because I also do a lot of intercultural training and I do some consulting as well. I like to be very clear on what role I'm playing in that moment. And I will tell my clients, I'm stepping out of my role as a coach here, but let's look at some of the expertise that I can share with you. Got it. Got it. So thank you so much for clarifying the misconceptions. Let's try to understand the best ways of reaching out to you. What are they? Is it about? I think the best way would be to add me on LinkedIn and reach out to me there. Because if I'm going to give you my email address with my Flemish name, experiences, the emails never reach me. So if you look me up on LinkedIn, I would be happy to connect and see if I can mean something to people. That is about how to reach out on LinkedIn because even if it is needed to spell your name, Please do that. Yeah. That might be of more interest. Okay, sure. So my first name is Lisbeth. It's spelled L-I-E-S-B-E-T-H. And my last name is Husma. And you spell it H-U-Y-S-M-A-N-S. There's not a lot of people with my name out there. So you'll very easily be able to find my profile. And I'd be happy to connect. Good guys. And that leads me to my next question. So tell us, being a coach, like, how do you keep yourself motivated? What are your strategies? Do you wake up early in the morning? You work out, you journal, you meditate. What do you do as a routine, as a part of your routine? As a part of my routine, I'm somebody who I sleep at night. That's very important to me. I think getting enough sleep for me is crucial. I try to exercise, but not too much, like three times a week or half an hour. I don't really have much of a routine to stay motivated. I'm also, I'm a very healthy eater. I try to not eat processed foods as, as much as possible. I think all of that helps. But for me, staying motivated is in doing my work. I stay very motivated by connecting with my clients. It, it might sound funny, but that's how you know you've had a good coaching session is when you as a coach come out feeling energized just as much as your clients. And if you feel like you're drained after a session with a client, chances are that session may not have been great. And on top of that, staying involved in, like I'm involved in International Coach Federation. I'm involved in an organization for interculturalists called CIR. So yeah, there's webinars, there's networking events, there's conferences. Yeah. Through coaching, I've fully embraced the fact that I'm a very curious person and I've started seeing that as something positive and so i that that's how i stay motivated yeah so what ways of staying motivated you might inspire some of us to do that and make work as worship to make it happen for themselves elizabeth 
tell us about the final thoughts. Tell us something about action plan, something that we should do. After this conversation, what would that one thing be that can lead us to our... I think adding a timeline. So because we might have like great ideas of like all the things that we want to do because we have this great plan. But until you put it on paper and add some deadlines to it and hold yourself accountable when it comes to those deadlines, that would very much help, I think. And when it comes to action plans, I think it's also important to when you feel overwhelmed, because being an entrepreneur can be very overwhelming, taking that tiny little first step is important. Break it down into like tiny little steps. And once you've taken the first step, I do believe that if there's a, there's a quote and one of my mentors, one of my coaching mentors and trainers, who's an absolutely amazing person, she shared with me this one quote that goes like this, the pain keeps pushing until the vision pulls. And I think that if your vision is strong enough, is clear enough, you are being pulled. And at least that's how it goes for me. Like I, I'm being pulled towards my goals and it doesn't feel like a hassle or a job or I'm so full. Wow. Elizabeth, you are an inspiring person. Thank you so much for all the wisdom that you have shared today. It means a lot to us. Welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much again. I am your host, Kiran Agrar. Thanks for today. Bye, guys.